Good morning. This is Tommy Ray, and we're in episode 34 of Water Rights, Laws, Guns, and Money. I try to publish an episode once a week or once every 10 days or so. I have lined up some interesting interviews in the next couple of weeks. Our next episode will delve into skyrocketing water prices and what our state legislature is contemplating to try to rein in the high price for water. You'll want to follow closely the next couple of episodes. But I want to use this episode and just talk a little bit about water. Not the law, not its application, but just give you some water facts that you may not know. A couple of years back, I sat at a table with a well-respected water quality expert. He had traveled the world looking at water quality issues and what could be done. His off-the-cuff remark about water being the great dissolver struck me. He clearly thought that one of the most important qualities of water is that it can dissolve lots of things and thus make that substance movable. In fact, water can dissolve more substances than any other liquid, including sulfuric acid. I countered that to me, water was the great conveyor. It carries away much of our waste products. I can't believe how much water I waste just chasing around food particles after rinsing the dinner plates and trying to get the last little speck to go down the garbage disposal. What a luxury. I think about that a lot. We use water to carry away stuff we don't want in our homes. Our industries also use water to get rid of stuff. Before environmental laws were passed and before EPA, manufacturing companies just dumped everything they didn't need into canals or rivers, anything to get rid of some obnoxious waste. Some of you may be too young to remember that there was so much waste products floating on top of the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland that the river actually caught on fire in June 1969. This, incidentally, was the year Congress passed the National Environmental Policy Act, creating the EPA. There was growing public awareness and concern for controlling water pollution, Seeing an actual river on fire on TV will create a lot of public awareness. And most of the Great Lakes were being polluted so badly that fish were dying by the thousands. The public outrage over this polluted water source led to sweeping amendments to the existing law on the books called the Federal Water Pollution Control Act of 1948. It was the first major U.S. law to address water pollution, but apparently did not have real teeth to enforce. It was amended in 1972. The law then became commonly known as the Clean Water Act. 
Our rivers have benefited from enforcement of the Clean Water Act. The Clean Water Act has been amended several times to control pollutants entering our waterways. The Act established the basic structure for regulating pollutant discharges into the waters of the United States. It then gave EPA the authority to implement pollution control programs such as setting wastewater standards for industry. It also gave EPA the authority to levy heavy fines against polluters. Hooray for the EPA. They equally enforce the environmental laws, and as a result, the quality of water in our streams, rivers, and lakes, including the Great Lakes, have improved dramatically. Of course, the most important use of water is for drinking. The older I get, the more I prefer a glass of cold, clean water to a cold beer. Probably the second most important use of water is to take a shower. Nothing beats a hot shower. But back to a few facts on the compound we called water, H2O. Almost all Earth's water is in the oceans. A whopping 96.5% of water on Earth is in our oceans, covering 71% of the surface of our planet. Since 96.5% is salt water, that means just 3.5% of Earth's water is fresh. That is, with few salts in it. You can find Earth's fresh water in our lakes, rivers, streams, groundwater, and glaciers. Over 68% of Earth's fresh water is locked up in ice and glaciers, and another 30% is in groundwater. That then means that less than 1% of the fresh water worldwide is running in rivers or in lakes. Seawater is about 3.3% salt, or 33,000 parts per million salt. In a gallon of average ocean water, there is about one cup of salt. But it does vary. The Atlantic Ocean is saltier than the Pacific Ocean. Most of the salt in the ocean is the same kind of salt we put on our food, sodium chloride. Let's look at some properties of water, like, why does ice float? Usually, when materials get colder, atoms get closer together to form something denser and become a solid. Most solids sink in water. But solid water, or ice, is actually less dense. This is unusual. The water molecules form rings when water freezes. All that space makes ice less dense. Water expands by 9% when it freezes. This is why it floats. We get to see water in three different states, and that's odd. We experience it in all states, solid ice, liquid water, and gas water vapor. That's unusual. 
While all substances can be solid, liquid, or gas, most of them only change states at extreme temperatures. You don't see liquid silver or solid oxygen very much because their melting points and freezing points are at temperatures that would kill us. Our bodies are mostly water. A newborn baby is 78% water. Adults are 55 to 60% water. Water is involved in just about everything our body does. It's a big part of the blood that brings nutrients to all our cells. We use it to get rid of waste. It helps us regulate our body temperature. It acts as a shock absorber for our brain and spinal cord. We are very dependent on water. Water has another interesting characteristic. It has surface tension or cohesion that makes it sort of sticky. It likes to stick to itself and other things. That's why water forms round droplets. Not all liquids do that. This stickiness helps get water from the roots of plants up to the leaves. Water molecules travel up the inside of plants in tiny tubes called xylem by holding on to each other and the walls of the tubes. They're pulled upwards as water evaporates from the leaves at the top. We all know that water freezes at 32 degrees Fahrenheit and boils at 212. The good old English system strikes again. The metric system is so much smarter. Water freezes at zero degrees centigrade and boils at 100. That seems to make so much more sense to me. Water is the most common substance found on Earth. Water is used as a comparison to other things. The weight of water is 8.34 pounds per gallon in our English system. In the metric system, water weighs one gram per cubic centimeter. That too makes so much sense. But in both systems, the specific gravity of water is 1.0. Materials with specific gravity less than one are less dense than water and will float on the pure liquid. Substances with a specific gravity more than one are more dense than water and will sink. For instance, a typical crude oil has a specific gravity of about 0.8 and floats on top. Most rocks typically have a specific gravity in the range of three to four. The point of this is that water is used as the comparison. Approximately 400 billion gallons, about 50 million acre feet of water are used in the United States per day. Nearly one half of the water used in America is for thermoelectric power generation. Power plants burn coal, oil, or natural gas to produce superheated steam to turn the turbines that generate the electricity. This spent steam has to be cooled so it can be recycled. Water is typically sprayed over hot coils containing the steam 
to cool it down. The smoke you see coming from most power plants is water vapor formed from the cooling water hitting the hot coils. The average cost for water supplied to a home in the U.S. is about $2 per 1,000 gallons, which equals about 5 gallons for a penny. In the front range, it typically is in the 2 to $5 range. Many front range cities charge more for heavier water use to encourage conservation of water. But the cost of a water tap is nearing $70,000 in the front range of Colorado. This is an upfront cost to allow the water supplier to buy and re-adjudicate existing water rights. Big difference between buying a tap and paying the monthly service charge to treat the water to potable standards. Now for a bunch of silly facts you may not know. To create one pint of beer, it takes 20 gallons of water. A jellyfish and a cucumber are each 95% water. A person can live about a month without food, but only about a week without water. 85% of the world population lives in the driest half of the planet. Agriculture accounts for about 70% of global freshwater withdrawals. 300 tons of water are required to manufacture one ton of steel. Refilling a half-liter water bottle 1,700 times with tap water is the equivalent cost of a 99-cent water bottle at a convenience store. By 2025, half the world's people will live in countries with high water stress. A water-efficient dishwasher uses as little as four gallons per cycle, but hand-washing dishes uses 20 gallons of water. Chicken and goats are the least water-intensive meats to produce. It takes about 70 gallons of water to fill a bathtub. Water use has grown at more than twice the rate of population increase in the last century. Producing a gallon of corn ethanol consumes 170 gallons of water in total, from irrigation to final processing. On the other hand, water required to make a gallon of regular gasoline from oil is just 5 gallons. There is more fresh water in the atmosphere than in all of the rivers on the planet combined. I guess we all need to learn more rain dances. If all of the water vapor in the Earth's atmosphere fell at once, distributed equally, it would only cover the Earth with about an inch of water. It takes seven and a half years for the average American residence to use the same amount of water 
that flows over the Niagara Falls in one second. 750,000 gallons a second. I hope you can all see Niagara Falls someday. I have been lucky enough to see it. Really impressive. Groundwater occurs almost everywhere beneath the land surface. The widespread occurrence of potable groundwater is the reason that it is used as a source of water supply by about half the population of the United States. Hydrologists estimate, according to the National Geographic Society, U.S. groundwater reserves to be at least 33,000 trillion gallons, equal to the amount discharged into the Gulf of Mexico by the Mississippi River in the past 200 years. Okay, enough for facts. I hope some were interesting to you. Go back, listen again, and impress your friends at the next party you attend. And then tell them about this podcast. The more of us that know about water, the better. One last fact. When water runs down a mountain stream, it makes a very pleasant sound. One I like to end each episode with. So let's go take a listen. See you next time.